some lovely messages, and I'm sure there could be many, many more. Uh, we have so much to be grateful for. So many stories of God's faithfulness, God's goodness, God's kindness. I'm hoping this won't be the day that we set off the sprinklers. <laughs> so I might just move. That's it there, I think. That's a smoke alarm. So if anyone sees it, let me know. We've been talking the past few weeks about the idea of posture. Uh, how do we as Jesus followers posture ourselves in the communities in which we find ourselves? And today we're looking at the whole idea of gratitude and celebration. It's easy to celebrate on a birthday, but what about the other 364 years, days of the year? What about those other days? I'm somebody who loves memories. I have got photo books, I've got photo albums of when the kids were little, lots and lots of memories, because I love looking back and seeing things from a different perspective from what it was like when they actually happened. I really love creating memories. And I also love celebrating birthdays. I was one of those lucky kids that got to have a birthday party every year. Mum thought it was a good idea. She liked birthday parties, so we had one every year. My kids had one every year, and I just love birthday parties. I organise the birthday roster at school to make sure everybody gets a cake and gets sung happy birthday to, and I organise it at New Community to make sure our staff get a happy birthday. There's something important about celebrating, taking the time to stop and celebrate, and that's what we want to do today. So I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey back and also celebrate some of the good things, many of the good things that God has done in this place because we are really, really blessed. My journey with New Community started in the year 2000. My dad had made a little sailboat, a sabo to be exact, and it had sat in the garage of my mum's place for many, many years. And one day we decided that we were going to put it on the trailer, take it out and see if this thing could still sail. So we went off to Lake Eildon, a few friends, and we put this little boat out. That's actually a much bigger boat than this one. It was a really, really little boat that really only fitted one person, one adult and one kid. And we were figuring out how to get the sail to work and you could go one way and then you had to figure out how to flip the sail so you could get back to shore. And Troy was out in this little sailboat with Jacob, and I was sitting on the shore with Bronte. And it was a beautiful sunny day, and I was just sitting there reflecting, having a chat to God, and God said something to me. He said to me, Bron, I want you to put the sail up, just like the sail on that little boat, because I'm going to move you. I was horrified. I knew this wasn't just a thought in my head because it wasn't my thought. It was God's thought. It was as if it was just my voice in my head, but it wasn't my message. It was God's message. Well, I had something to say to God at that moment. I said, no thanks. God, I don't want to move. I really like where my life is at the moment. I like where I'm living. I like the church I'm going to. I like where my kids are. I like my friends. I do not want to go anywhere. And I wrote it down in my journal saying, God told me to put the sail up. He wants to move me. 
I was not real happy. Thankfully, when God chooses to move us, he also changes our hearts. And gradually over time, God did start changing my heart to have a desire to start a new community, a church community where people could find Jesus. But then I said to God, okay, if I'm going to move, I'm not going anywhere unless you go with me. And this was the prayer that I prayed, very similar to the prayer that Moses prayed when God asked him to lead the Israelites, his people, to the promised land. This is what I prayed. This is what Moses prayed. God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And I did a bit of wheeling and dealing with God. I'm not sure that that was the right thing to do, but I did. I said, God, I'll go, but your presence must go with us. I'm not going to follow Troy on this weird journey if you're not going to be with us. So we prayed for God's presence to come with us. There's something very comforting about someone's presence. <clears throat> Excuse me. Something really comforting. Lindy told me a story last week about an episode she had recently where her heart took off, pounding really, really quickly. She found herself in hospital where they said to her, we need to stop this heart and then rejig it to let it start again. And she was just telling me the story as she was coming into church. And I went, oh my goodness, what did you do? I hope they knocked you out before they stopped your heart. And she said, no, they didn't. I was still with it. And they did something to stop my heart. And then the heart is very clever and it just knows to start beating again in just a few seconds. I said to her, that, that would have been terrifying. She said, yes, I prayed. I asked God to keep my heart ticking. And then I asked the paramedic to hold my hand. <laughs> and I thought, there is. There's a real comfort in knowing that somebody's with us. There's someone holding us, our hand. There's someone journeying with us. But this verse in Exodus reminded me, and we can take as the truth too, that God's presence goes with us. Better than a paramedic's hand, the almighty God, his presence goes with us. And that gives us incredible peace. Then God says to Moses, he said, I also want you to pray this blessing on my people, the Israelites, the people that are going to represent me. He says to the priest, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them this beautiful prayer that you might have heard before. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. Another way of thinking about God's presence being with us is thinking about his face turning towards us. Can you picture that? The face of God shining on us, turning towards us. He notices. He notices every detail. He doesn't miss anything. He's there. His presence is there. His face is shining on us. And he says he'll give us peace. 
Now, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom, and people still use this as a greeting today. They'll say shalom, which is like, peace be with you. It's a beautiful greeting that you might greet someone. Um, a Jewish person would say, shalom, peace be with you. But in this case, in this verse, it is more than just a simple greeting, but rather it is a positive state of rightness, a state of well-being, not the absence of war. It's that deep inner sense that things are okay despite what is going on around me. Despite a war, despite a virus, despite anything that might be going on in your life, God promises that deep well-being, that sense that God is with me, he's holding my hand, his face is shining on me, he's not missing a thing, and I can have that inner peace and confidence that God is with me. What an amazing, an amazing promise. And then another promise about God's peace in the book of John. Jesus says, I've told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Is this not true? Is this not true? In this world you will have trouble? No one, no one escapes the trouble of this world, this brokenness, this wobbly broken world that affects all of us. But yet, in Jesus, we can have peace in this troubled world. When I think about my journey with new community, there were times that I was really confident, really, really confident that God's presence was with me. And we started our journey at new community. But then there were times that I went, God, are you really with me? I remember in the year... 2002. It was a really hot day and I was eight and a half months pregnant and I was desperately trying to find a house to live in because everybody decided that they didn't really want a family with two children and maybe a third coming along really soon living in their house. It would be safer to rent it to somebody else. So me, in my attempt to take things in my control, I wrote this beautiful letter introducing myself and saying that I'd be a really good tenant and that I would look after their houses if it was my own. So rather than waiting for the real estate to keep rejecting me and not giving me a house to live in, I took my letter and I slipped it under their door of the house to, to introduce myself. I wandered for many, many hours eight and a half months pregnant, hoping to find a place to live. I said, God, is your presence really with me? I wondered. But then we found a house to live in. And I remember the date. It was the 9th of March, 2002. We moved into our new house with a bit of help from some people from New Community, Probably the 20 that started with us all were on board because I was very pregnant at this stage. And we unpacked the house, we moved everything, we cleaned it. And it was about dinner time and Troy had ordered pizzas to thank everybody for helping us move in. And I whispered to Troy, I said, Troy, 
you need to get rid of everybody in this house. He goes, why? I said, I'm in labour. They need to go. He goes, you can't do that. These people have moved us in. They've been really helpful. And the pieces haven't arrived. And I'm going, I don't care. I'm in labour. I don't need people in my house. He tells me to go and lie down for a few hours. <laughs> yeah. He obviously hasn't had a baby. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, I lay down for a few hours and things were okay. And the next morning, Tilly was born. I said, God, are you serious? Couldn't you have got the timing right? I wondered if God's presence, <laughs> if God's presence was still there because my circumstances weren't looking so good. But after, that is really smoky, I'll put it down here. After being in hospital for two days, I came home to a house that was fully unpacked. My friends from New Community had unpacked my whole house Everything was in its place. Everything was completely put away. Some things took two years to find, but that's okay. <laughs> God maybe didn't answer the prayers in the way I expected, but was his presence with me? Was he holding my hand? Was his face shining upon me? Beyond a doubt. Beyond a doubt. Then I remember... We'd started our church. We'd probably only been here for about three weeks. And Jacob said to me, he was five, he said, Mummy, when can I go back to Sunday school? God, am I going to have to sacrifice my kids for this church? Are you going to look after them? It broke my heart. I'd taken my kids from an amazing big church with puppets and fabulous Sunday school programs and I'd brought them to this place, three kids, just mine, who sat in the back corner doing activities and colouring sheets. God, you're going to look after my kids? Well, Bronte, you heard her story. My kids have been blessed. There's been a whole lot of aunts and uncles and lovely people that have loved my kids prayed for my kids, still pray for my kids, still love my kids. God was there. He's holding my hand. His presence was there. His face was shining on me. It looked different, but he was still there. You know, it's really important that we remember that God's presence is there because when we recognise God's presence, we posture ourselves differently. We posture ourselves really differently and we live very differently. When Jesus came to earth, his whole life was bookended by the fact that he was present. The very first name given to him, the name that was prophesied over him, was Emmanuel, meaning God with us. So before Jesus even arrived, he was going to be Emmanuel, God with us. And then the very last thing he said to his people, his followers, was, I will be with you always. His life was a promise of his presence, of him being with us forever and ever. And it still carries on today.
The truth is that Jesus' presence, God's presence, the Holy Spirit actually never, ever leaves us. His presence is with us. He's holding our hand and his face shines upon us. And he gives us a peace amidst all the things that could be happening in our lives, amidst the things that you are struggling with even now, amidst the things that are ticking in the back of your mind that you're going, how am I going to deal with this after church today? God's peace is there, a deep inner well-being. Because in this verse, it's as if Paul runs out of words. He runs out of words to describe how persistent God's presence is. Paul says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? Thank you. (laughs) Or hardship? Or persecution? Or famine? Or nakedness? It's thinking. I'm going to move over here because I'm worried about that smoke alarm. Or danger? Or sword? For the sake of the example and the smoke, let's keep going. For I am convinced that neither death, that's a big one, Neither death can separate us, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. New community, if we fully believe that, that nothing could separate us from God's presence, from the hand of God, from his face shining upon us, if we really, really believe that, would we not live differently? And that's a challenge to me as I hope to challenge you this morning. You see, when we started at New Community, I was pretty brave. I was really brave. I took risks. I trusted God. But you know what? 20 years on, I'm not so brave. I'm a little bit slack. Because the first day I stood up here at New Community, I didn't even know if anyone would turn up. I said, God... Is anyone going to turn up at this place? And then I went, oh, of course they will. It's, it's, a, it's, a birth, it's a starting day. There's cake. They'll come. But then week two, God, will anyone turn up? Is anyone going to come? Our mission statement is this. New community, we exist to make courageous followers of Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you today as I challenge myself. I want to be courageous. I don't want to be slack. God has done amazing things in this place because of his goodness, because of his presence. But what's the next 20 years going to look like? 
It may not be me standing up here in 20 years. I hope I'm still around, but it may not be me up here. I want to challenge you young people. I made a decision to follow Jesus when I was just a kid, and I knew I was going to serve him somehow. I don't know how, but I said, God, I want to, I want to be part of what you're doing. And even though I fought him and carried on a bit along the way and still do, nothing better than doing what God wants you to do when he taps you on the shoulder. So you young people, add 20 years to your life. Where may you be? What may you be doing for God? Will you take the challenge that God's presence is with you? And hand in hand with him, wow, what may he have in store for you? You oldies... You don't retire when you serve God. You serve him for a lifetime. What may God be challenging you to do? Maybe you can't do 101 things like you used to, but you can still do some things. What may God want you to do? New community, we celebrate God's presence and God's goodness and 20 years. But hey... Let's all take the time as a church community but as individuals and say, God, do I need to put the sail up? Are you going to move me? Are you going to challenge me? Are you going to push me? What do you want from me? Because I'm going hand in hand with you for whatever you want to do with my life. Thank you, new community, and happy birthday. <laughs>